Welcome to another podcast from I'dRatherBeWriting.com. My name is Tom Johnson. Today, I'm talking with Claudio Descalesco and uh, about Archbee, which is a, a new documentation tool that is pretty pretty cool. Uh, I was playing around with it, and it's got a really uh, really engaging editor. It makes it easy to author content, especially if you're writing developer docs. Uh, it's it's uh, a product that's got a lot of great reviews on Product Hunt and elsewhere. Um, uh, they've been a sponsor of my site. You've probably seen the, the ads and so on, and, and maybe have been curious about what ArchB is. Well, this is the podcast where you can learn more about it. We're going to give you more details. So Claudio, can you just introduce yourself a little bit, your name, kind of what your role is, how long you've been at, at ArchB? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for, uh, inviting me to the podcast, Tom. Uh, it's great to talk uh, about you know Archbee, but also documentation in general and what I've seen in the market for the past you know one and a half year. Uh, that's basically the time I've spent with uh, Archbee. I'm a growth marketer at Archbee, and I've been you know diving deep into um, uh, the communities, trying to understand how software companies build documentation, what they need. So trying to build that feedback loop back into the product to actually build something great. And until now, I think we, you know, we managed to build something really cool. Great, great. I want to start out with kind of the origin story of ArchB. And in the product hunt post and uh, introduction to ArchB, um, Dragos Uligian. I'm sure I'm not saying that right, but it's close, hopefully close. Dragos, uh, the founder, yeah. kind of relates this story of how it came about. Uh, let me just read a few of the passages. He says, um, version zero of ArchB in 2018, stuck in a hotel room in Frankfurt. It was raining, and I decided to code a software diagramming tool for architects. Scrapped the product after a few months of getting no traction. Next bullet. ArchB version one, restarted in early 2019 with the idea for an internal docs tool for engineering teams. That would include API docs, markdown, diagrams, change logs, and GitHub integration. After realizing all the tools out there, Google Docs, Confluence, Notion, were built for anybody but not tech people. The product was getting some customers organically, but did not show great traction either. Then skip ahead to ArchB version two. This version was just an improved, better looking, less buggy version of version one launched it on Product Hunt 2020 and got it to number one. However, most of the traction was coming from a wimpy feature, publishing docs on customers' domains. And then uh, finally, talking to customers, we realized there are still no great tools for building public product and developer docs for people, for folks who don't want the DIY approach. Basically, no way of onboarding and activating your tech audiences without spending a ton of energy on docs tech. Uh, so it's a cool story. I love this kind of notion of somebody who's like techy enough that they can just start building the tools that they need, you know, and obviously you combine computer engineering skills with design skills toward a specific pain point around documentation, especially for developers, one that integrates uh, markdown, graphics, API docs in a push button way. Um, could tell that that was a real pain point he was trying to solve. So, um, <clears throat> question. So, like, tell me more about this story. Like, what comments do you have mm -hmm. on it? For example, 
you know, does does ArchB have certain functionality that is kind of missing in other documentation tools? What what sort of gap did was Dragos hoping to fill with this new tool? Yeah, um, great great question. And from you know you breaking down the story, uh, probably we already noticed you know some pivots there, right? Starting off as a uh, software that basically helps uh, architects. Uh, document their, you know, uh, project to actually getting to a place where you can publish your documentation to a custom domain, right? So a lot of pivots there. So the story is that it's more than just a particular task or a feature. Uh, it's about who contributes to the documentation, right? So at the end of the day, writing documentation is basically a team sport, right? So most of the time, the knowledge is trapped in the minds of engineers, product people, you know, you have your subject matter experts, there are people that, you know, this is not their core job, writing documentation, right? So they basically need to go in, contribute, go out and continue doing their great things, their day to day, right? But it's still this gap that probably many products don't actually cover the bridge uh, with, you know, that you have advanced features, advanced documentation features that basically technical writer teams actually use. But put that in a collaborative workspace where anybody can contribute. So from your engineer to your non-technical, whatever, product manager, let's say, right? So it's a hard, it's more than just a specific task or a feature. It's about uh, the culture, right? And documentation is about culture at the end of the day, right? So yeah, uh, this is where ArchP comes in. It's not about having a great feature or the best feature or the feature that doesn't exist in other tools. It's about having the place, the streamlined platform to build documentation and empower that documentation culture software companies actually need to thrive. So that's the extension of the story, you know, a lot of pivots, yeah. but everything's uh, relate, uh, relates to this, you know, and anybody can and anybody can and should contribute to the documentation. Yeah, yeah, and I just want to reflect on that a minute. Um, this notion of more of the collaborative authoring—it's definitely the trend that I've been writing about on my blog for a while. Um, I was just giving a presentation about how like things are getting more and more specialized. It, it's getting harder as a tech writer to try to like author everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, I really want engineering teams to kind of write their own docs. They they created the feature. Why can't they just you know describe yeah. it? Uh, and then I can edit it or something, but to enable them to plug into an authoring tool and not require them to know some advanced publishing tool uh, or syntax, you know, is, is kind of key. Getting the getting that sort of collaborative platform uh, to enable multiple people contributing is key, I think, and is is definitely like aligned with this increasing direction of more and more specialization that that we see. Uh, so yeah, great. Um, let's see. Let's dive in a little bit more into ArchB. Uh, so it, you launched officially around early 2019, uh, according yeah to the timeline, and you've had quite a few. I mean, on product hunt, you've got like five star reviews from lots and lots of people. Um, what would you? What do you think is sort of the feature that's drawing people to ArchB? What What are they? Uh, you mentioned this collaborative platform and everything, but what do you think accounts for this rapid rise in customer growth? I think it it basically 
builds on exactly what you said and you've noticed as a trend, right? Uh, the reality is that we shouldn't justify uh, why documentation is important, right? I've uh, you know posted a meme recently about you know what's the ROI of documentation and got some pretty interesting comments there. It's hard to uh, you know to justify sometimes uh, the the importance of documentation. But if you basically question whether you should write documentation or not, you should probably do it, right? So. Uh, but at the same time, why don't every why doesn't any team out there basically write documentation? Uh, especially small teams, they basically don't do that. And what I've seen is that you know you have productivity apps with high adoption across organizations, you know the notions of the world and, and stuff like that. But they have little support for writing software documentation. So basically, what you have is you have your teams in a tool that doesn't support the writing of documentation. So. Yeah, at the end of the day, product documentation is one of the first contacts of the new users of a product. So, you know, new users will go to the documentation site or self-service self knowledge base, however you want to call it. So when RGB launched uh, this option to host documentation on a custom domain, that's what ticked most with our clients, right? So this is the most relevant feature, you know, because all the teams out there want the product documentation to be great for their users. And when you basically launch your documentation on a custom domain, it has so many other uh, use cases. For example, you know, we added features like you can read the content, authenticate just customers. Uh, you can also build the simple self-service knowledge base for your product. Uh, we have clients that you know build developer portals for their API docs or SDKs. So. Basically, this is just uh, the beginning. Like most clients expand and they start to use RGB as an internal wiki. Uh, recently, I even talked with the startup CEO who uh, started to use RGB for his personal notes. So again, it ties to what I said earlier. It's not like a specific feature or maybe the most relevant feature is the fact that you can publish documentation. And this is what makes teams go in, write and do something because it's their user users that need to read that. But after they go over this step, they see the value in writing documentation. So they start to do it internally. They started to do it, you know, even, you know, at the personal level, like in the example earlier. So, yeah, yeah. that's... <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, you know, this, some of these points you're hitting on, uh, having a tool that's simple for people to figure out, that almost feels uh, wiki-like or like a Google Docs thing in terms of the, in terms of the ability to just plug in and start authoring content, but then adding all these necessary features for documentation. I mean, if you've ever tried to write documentation in Google Docs and you want to like highlight a code sample, well, yep. you have to kind of like manually change the font and the size, and you know, it's like it's not it's a hack, uh, and and yet. Um, Tools like Google Docs and other wiki tools, they do make it push button simple uh, for people to get in there, you know? So yep. so that balance between like, hey, I've got just enough features to make this viable as a documentation tool, but it's also not like intimidating to people. That's that's a difficult balance. Um, you know, I, when I was playing around with RHB, <clears throat> I, I was struck by the ease of the editor. You know, the, there was a... If I'm remembering correctly, it's kind of like you put a slash, you, you type a yep. slash, and then you're prompted with lots of like little widgets or, or boilerplate uh, formatting kind of thing for code samples. And you you mentioned that 
that editor is what people love most about Archbee, right? Is that still the case? Yeah, that that's still the case. You know, uh, it's it brings that balance where you have those blocks that are easy to understand for most people that have used you know most of the tools out there, but also it has you know the markdown support. You can use shortcuts and it ties to other tools like you know Jira, GitHub. So there's a lot of things that go in, into the editor. But at the end of the day, it's simple to use if you're a new user, not tech techie, let's say, you know, you can go in and, and write something there, even if it's not software documentation, you know. And, and let's uh, um, talk specifically about the API doc features. Let's say you do uh -huh. have a REST API and you're trying to, you know, publish that. ArchB has specific features that accommodate REST API publication, right? Yep. <clears throat> and, um, you know, that, that, that might seem like a, a small point but it's not like um at all this is one of the most common questions i would get on my site is like okay i've got my doc site and now i've got my swagger output how do i merge the two like the mm -hmm. my documentation experience is fragmented and search doesn't work across mm -hmm. both of these and i've got different styles people are always like well how do i you know get my swagger output published within my docs as well do you do you find that um that's uh, yeah. like, how does, how does Archbee handle that? Yeah, um, there's so much to talk about here because uh, you get, um, so what happens, especially with APIs, right? That's what, uh, you know, if you're building a product and you uh, launch your API, uh, it's basically the connection with the developers, right? It's what developers will, will use to implement the, the product. So we have, I, I've worked with fintech companies that you know need to publish their API, and for them, this is like the most. This is how they make money, right? They need to have everything in one place. They need to have their API references in you know a what we call in ArchBS a space, but also they need to uh, add to that you know like. Uh, tutorials, how to guides. There's a lot of thing that goes with an API. Just you cannot always just publish the API and expect everybody to use it as it is, right? Especially for, you know, other for companies like uh, in the financial sector. So, to that point, the way we do it is we offer a bunch of options to document the API. So, uh, if you're using a standard, you know, we have a Swagger file, you can basically import the file, and we automatically generate uh, the references for you. Even more, uh, if you want to make this, you know, fully uh to be fully in sync uh, you can use our api so each time you build a new file you can basically run a, a, uh, an additional command and everything is synced in directly in archb so you don't need to go in and change you know whatever you need to change in terms of the api references uh that's one thing and secondly we make it really easy to build multi-product or uh yeah multi-product types of portals so you would have three different tabs, let's say, where you can uh, break your documentation into uh, what I've seen, something like API docs, tutorials, and, you know, your getting started guide. So everything is in one place, same style, same uh, uh, blogin, if you want to do that. So that's that's how we, we basically do it. Uh, and if you don't have a, a standard file, like the Swagger file or OpenAPI file, you can export uh, a postman collection and import that 
and it works similarly. We just, you know, we just generate API references. Uh, and there are other ways you can do it directly from the editor. We have blocks called API endpoints, Swagger UI. Those are, you know, the situations where you need to go in and manually uh, describe the the call instead of, you know, just dynamically generating it from from a file. If that makes sense. So we have a bunch of options there, <laughs> and yeah. people are really happy to to have a single platform where. Uh, they can bring together, you know, the, the developer experience, but also like the tutorials. I, I like to call them tutorials, but not sure if this yeah. is the best phrasing. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's good. That's a common way of referring to it. And and I think that's, uh, I mean, that's an amazing integration. Uh, honestly, the fact that, that ArchB has sort of uh, been designed and, and developed at a time when REST APIs were very popular and common, and and therefore become part of this natural doc type that it handles. I think is is really uh, a point worth driving home because so many of the other documentation tools out there, they're sort of um, that they, they were designed before REST APIs were popular. Mm -hmm. uh, if if they handle them, they it's clunky or it's not really a, a seamless experience. It's almost like ArchB was designed with this paradigm in mind, and uh, and, and <clears throat> uh, the many options that you you listed the ability to export from a postman collection that's even better uh because then you can just uh really play around with that you know in postman and and not um sacrifice any kind of uh weird workflow trying to like maintain the the, the open api spec somewhere else but uh yeah it's cool cool all right well let's talk about a couple of other things um so as a documentation tool you also have a couple of components that a lot of people are usually curious about, especially when we're talking about Markdown. Uh, you've got content reuse and some variables with uh, variables and content snippets. Um, these are usually high value sort of content types for tech writers because we don't want to have a bunch of duplicate instances of, of things. Uh, we might have multiple versions of the same guide. We might have uh, different brand names or different audience types. Can you talk about like what kind of content reuse ArchB offers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we launched uh, this feature uh, April this year, 2022. So this is actually the most requested feature from technical writers. <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, there are two types of uh, reusable pieces of content you have variables and content snippets and with variables it's pretty straightforward you can save a, a variable with up to 100 characters uh, and you can add them across the documentation i think this is the most common way to reuse a piece of content probably right but with content snippets on the other side uh i, I think the way we implemented this is it's again tied with our you know the way we look at documentation. It's actually really easy for anybody to go in and use content snippets. We actually have a product manager that builds uh, the documentation or is, you know, owns the documentation, let's say, for five different uh, customers. But it's basically the same documentation. You just need to change a couple of things based on their tier, so on and so forth. So what, what happens with content snippets is that you go in, you define the content of a document, so the thing here is that, and maybe we should talk a little bit more about the RGB editor, right? The idea is that when you define the content snippet and what makes it excellent is that you have access to all of the blocks, you know? So the blocks are 
the way you can add multimedia files, code snippet, API references, if, if that's what you need. But at the same time, uh, you know, you can use markdown shortcuts if you want. So you basically save the content of a document in a content snippet, and then you go in and exactly like you said, you just populate the document, whatever you need. So what happens is that you would have a document with either one or multiple content snippets added there. So the, the most, uh, the use case that I've seen most of the time is when you need to share documentation with different clients, but let's say 80% of the documentation, it's the same because you know you have the same things that need to be implemented. So you just go in, define the content snippets, you put them uh, uh, in your documents and you have a single place where you need to go in and edit them. No need to manage multiple documents. And you know, if you're a technical writer, you basically <laughs> know exactly how this uh, this works. But the main power is that you have the full features of the editor. You know, you, you're not limited to what you can define in a content snippet. That's cool. That's cool. You mentioned you can even reuse components of the API reference. Is that right? Uh, we have a block called API endpoint. So if mm. you add that block to a content snippet. That means you can use that block across multiple documents, right? So you cannot basically reuse. Uh, so an API endpoint will have the description, you know, uh, responses, so on and so forth. You basically use the entire uh, definition of the API call, not pieces of that uh, call. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, right? So yeah, that that's cool. how it goes. Great, great. Yeah, I'm. It's kind of interesting to hear that the content reuse is one of the highly requested features from tech writers. Because I, I have heard that that question come up over the years uh, from a number of tools. People, you know, tech writers are sort of caught in this trap where we want to use Markdown and be as simple as possible, but then we want like content reuse and we want to have like PDF output and versioning and all these advanced things, translation round tripping. So that's like yeah. tension between, oh, I want to have this robust tool that does whatever I want. But I also want it to be drop dead simple <laughs> is is like an impossible uh, balance. But it sounds like R2P is finding a good a good uh, compromise and and providing the features that they need. Now, okay, this is kind of a larger question, uh, and I alluded to this just moments ago. But um, you know, I've seen a lot of tools come and go over the years, um, and uh, I feel like if there's a common theme, it's that people start out with these huge ambitions they realize hey the tools market in techcom is kind of poor we can do so much better they don't have modern tools it looks like you know they're using ancient stuff they jump in then they they, they have success they build a cool tool but then they realize you know what there aren't that many tech writers in the world <laughs> such a small community how can we be profitable and then they disappear yeah. so how do you like uh What's your general strategy? How can tech writers feel like RGB is going to be here for the long term? Or, or like, how are you avoiding building a tool that will only appeal to the small community of tech writers? Yeah, um, totally get uh, the question. Uh, and there are a couple of points here. So first of all, uh, what I've seen is that basically the market is really fragmented, right? You have so many options to write documentation from <laughs> I've seen situations where even large companies use Google Docs to write their documentation, or they they, they just uh, use PDFs, you know, to share with their clients. So 
I, I think we can agree that that's not not the best way to do it, probably, right? But you also have data, uh, docs as code. I, I feel the market is fragmented. That's that's the point, right? So the target audience for for Archbeam, uh is technical writers, right? But technical writers were just getting started to provide you know the features you know and strike that balance between you know a robust application that does the simple things really well but also have the advanced features like you mentioned right but the larger target audience it's basically product and engineering teams right so uh i've been trying to understand like how technical writers do their job and i've, I've come to this conclusion that maybe you know, 20% of the time is basically writing content and 8% of the time is spent in meetings or going after, you know, the ones that have the information, right? So uh, that being said, I think there's a larger audience because after, you know, we have the proper tool for technical writers, we can tap in in those product and engineering teams and offer them a similar uh, experience, you know, like a tool built for, Developers, software documentation—not uh, software documentation, software uh, uh, companies that build software. That's what I wanted to say. A, a similar experience for those, not only for technical writers, right? So you can go in so many other ways. Either you know, build a, uh, another product, add on top of the existing uh, product. But that's uh, that's how we think, you know, in the in the long term, uh, long run. So yeah, yeah I think pro product and engineering teams. I'm sure they have more problems than just capturing documentation. So we can also solve some of those problems, maybe. For sure, for sure. And I, I like that approach, right? If you're if you're thinking about those teams, not just the tech writers, but how, how all those teams contribute and interact, uh, it is a much larger audience. And and the the internal versus external docs um, yeah. is really really uh, on point as well. In fact. Earlier, speaking of the internal use case, I think somebody saw an earlier post I wrote about ArchB and said that they started to use it for their own like API documentation materials and, mm -hmm. and course and, and things that they were providing or, or tech writer course and, and really liked it. He was like, this is just what I needed. And, uh, you know, to serve that simple use case of one person with their their course kind of syllabus versus to to also apply to an entire enterprise with all kinds of diverse roles uh, is really quite a quite a challenge to to build a tool that meets all those needs, and it's 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 exciting to see kind of Archbe come onto the scene. I think you add a great option for tech writers. I mean, people want we want tools that are going to be aligned with this API documentation trend that are going to allow us to publish API docs in, a, in an attractive way, but also mm -hmm. the tutorials and other stuff and to reuse content and to not have to figure it out on our own. I mean, I don't want to have to get in there and code some something from scratch and be like, well, I got to modify my layout files for my um, Jekyll or, or yeah. Th those are great options. And I've seen those you know go with with some companies and but it depends on who's going to join the company i've seen you know software companies that you know there were a team of five developers of course they will set up something you know a open source project for their documentation it's a you know a couple of hours worth of work right but you would end up with a non-technical person that doesn't know git doesn't understand markdown so what do you do with them you basically limit the pool of potential you know 
people that you can work with if you don't expand and try uh, something like this. And what I've seen with our customers, at least at one point when they get larger, they basically use it for in the internal wiki, you know, so it, it's just better to have everything in one place at one point. Yeah. Hey, uh, Claudio, um, as we wrap up here, can you uh, indicate where people can learn more and like what kind of free trials are available for people to experiment? Yeah, we do offer, uh, you know, a free trial with RGP. You can go in, sign up, test the editor, everything we talked about here. Uh, you can go to rgp.com and you can get started from there. I think that's the best way uh, you can do it. Uh, if you want to chat with us, there's also, you know, we have weekly product live product tours. This means if you don't have the time or, you know, the energy to go in and test the product, see all the features, you can just sign up for a live product tour. And I'll be there uh, sharing my screen, demoing the product so I can answer any other questions that uh, you might have. So, yeah, that's the best way uh, you can get in touch, archive.com and start a free trial. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on to this podcast and for sharing your thoughts and insights. And um, I wish you the best of luck as well with uh, RHB and, it, and its continued growth. Thanks, Tom. It's been great. Uh, appreciate the invite. So thanks a lot.